welcome to My Security TV and our Tech and Sec Weekly. My name is Chris Coverage. I'm the executive editor with My Security Media, and today we're joined by Akamai. We're going to be looking at the future of Zero Trust and getting some insights into the acquisition of Gardacore. We're going to be joined by Chris Gibbs, Managing Director and Vice President for Australia and New Zealand, and from Israel, our Vice President and CTO Enterprise Security Group, Ariel Zeitland, uh, and looking forward to speaking to these two. Uh, and obviously, the zero trust has been a key word uh, for 2021. And looking at the future of zero trust, we'll get some uh, outlooks for 2022. So let's be joined by Chris Gibbs and Ariel Zeitlin. Chris Gibbs. Thanks for having us, Chris. And Ariel Zeitlin from Israel. Thanks hi. for joining us. Hi, hi. Thanks for having us. Um, Ariel, I, I, uh, I like always like talking to a CTO and your CTO for Enterprise Security Group. Um, maybe introduce us to the background uh, of your background in terms of uh, Akamai as well. That'll guide us into uh, Gardacore and then obviously the role of the CTO that you have uh, and how that relates to maybe Chris Gibbs with a real job as being the managing director here in Australia. Sure, uh, it was a pleasure. So I was uh, the CTO for uh, Gardacore, which is a startup uh, company. Uh, uh, that was acquired by Akamai recently, just a few months ago. Uh, and uh, now I am the CTO for the Enterprise Security Group, uh, which uh, manages the uh, Zero Trust uh, offering uh, for, uh, for Akamai. And uh, I think as a CTO, uh, the role is, uh, I would say, quite uh, undefined and different from uh, the position to position, but Mostly, it means, for me at least, uh, defining the uh, future of, of the space I'm uh, in charge of, uh, working closely with customers. I've spent uh, a very large portion of my time speaking to uh, our customers and uh, um, helping in, in positioning, helping in marketing, definitely helping with the product development, identifying the priorities and so on. So it's quite, uh, I would say, uh, uh, diverse uh, from daily tasks. Uh, uh, but the idea is uh, looking forward and uh, helping the company make the right decisions. And obviously you're still embedding, you were the CTO with Gardacore, so you, that was only September uh, that acquisition was announced. Obviously there was a bit, bit of background to that, but uh, bringing the platforms together or how they're going to work together is that part of your role and i take it you've got now technically two hats one is your Gardacore client space the enterprise clients obviously and then bring onboarding the akamai clients is that where you're sitting at that senior level i think it's uh it, it's 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 those two and in fact more so when you're uh, joining uh, businesses and uh, there is a uh, uh, integration of technologies, how those uh, products from both companies will come under one roof and uh, uh, make a uh, good uh, offering for a customer as a joint uh, pieces. Uh, one plus one uh, equals three, we called it during the acquisition discussions. Uh, then there is the integration of uh, basically two technology groups, uh, developers, product teams, marketing, and so on. So uh, that needs to be uh, uh, 
well thought, defined, and and processed. Um, uh, and then you know, uh, understanding the products on each side. Which I know Gardefor, of course, but then there's a few products that we, uh, in a way, acquired from from Akamai and now managing. So uh, it's uh, busy days, but very interesting. Well, they must complement each other. And before we'll hear more likely from Chris, uh, maybe just introduce us to to Gartacore and what that was doing. It was in the micro segmentation field. That'll lead us into what you've been doing in zero trust and. We'll maybe come back to Chris on how all of this is going to look at uh, and maybe change Akamai, because most of the, the audience will know Akamai uh, in terms of the DDoS protection and, and sort of that the networking side, but uh, how this can change Akamai and, and the discussions that you're having? Sure. I think that, uh, well, micro-segmentation is... is uh, is, is is already not a new buzzword in in in, uh, in in security industry as well. But if you look at wider, it's a very common technique that uh, designed by nature and other industries. Like yeah, this is how you build chips. You build a ship by uh, making compartments inside. So if one thing one uh, part of a ship is breached, uh, there is the leak doesn't take the ship down. This is how beehives are built right there's uh they're protecting themselves from uh, damage to uh one of the cells so the honey will not leak in everywhere so it's a way to prevent a disaster in case of an incident and uh and in in networks uh micro segmentation basically means assume you will be breached uh and uh which i think today is is a common Thought line. Pretty, pretty safe assumption these days. Exactly. And assume we breached and make sure that it doesn't become a catastrophe. And uh, in networks, it means basically reduce the amount of things that the attacker can make once he gets his first foothold and basically breaking down the networks into many, many segments and uh, making sure that if he gets into one segment, this is where he stays. Uh, so the damage is limited. So that's that's the idea behind micro-segmentation. This is what Garpo was building for a few years from its uh, inception in 2013. And uh, this is, oh, Garpo was my first job <laughs> outside right. the, the government. I spent uh, quite a lot of years in, in the uh, on the government side, was looking a lot of uh, offensive type cyber. And uh, coming from that uh, background, it was clear there's no stopping uh, of getting in. It's, it's very hard uh, if I'm uh, incentivized enough. Uh, and uh, what happens next is the, the major is the major thing. How, how many obstacles do I, I meet? And, and, and we thought that this is exactly the uh, uh, what networks need today. They need more internal obstacles. Uh, so micro-segmentation sounds natural. And uh, what we found is that it's really hard to micro-segment your networks with existing tools. So uh, we developed a completely new approach. Uh, so it was, it was a pure micro-segmentation agent that you built, right? Yes, Garicor was a pure micro-segmentation uh, technology. Right. And Chris, that leads us to you in terms of uh, Akamai. And you're relatively new in the role as managing director here in Australia, New Zealand, but you've now got a bit of a wider, broader conversation that you can have with clients as well. 
Oh, most definitely, uh, Chris, and thanks for having us. We're, we're, we're genuinely excited about the acquisition and the opportunity that uh, the Gardacore acquisition provides us here in Australia and New Zealand. Uh, we see parallels uh, in our acquisition of, of Gardacore with the acquisition that we did back in 2014 with the Prolexic platform, and that propelled us into the into the leadership position to stop DDoS attacks. And we believe the the, the acquisition of Gardacore uh, in uh, Australia, New Zealand, will propel us into the into the market leading role to stop uh, damage caused by uh, ransomware as well as uh, malware. And uh, so it's a great opportunity for us in the region. The conversations we're having with our key customers today are broader and deeper, and, and the customers are generally excited about the, uh, the acquisition and the opportunity that it also uh, provides them. Great. And I think, Ariel, you provide that um, sort of international overview that you get. Uh, obviously, what we see here in Australia, New Zealand, and, and across Asia Pacific, how that might compare to the observations in Europe and also North America or the Americas, um, and particularly your role as Enterprise Security Group CTO. Um, what are those key trends that you're seeing and how much, what is the take up of, uh, say, micro segmentation or the, the zero trust approach? And, and is that maybe where they, they enterprises are looking to start? Um, the, mm -hmm. the, the ZTA, uh, it's, it's not just something you just switch on, uh, it, it's a set of principles that you start to apply and you roll it out uh, or you build from that. How, how do you find that conversation happens? Uh, and is it consistent around the world? You know, cybersecurity should be consistent around the world, but whether it's applied in the same way is a different thing. Do you find that the language and, and the way uh, these conversations happen is pretty consistent around the world? I think so. And, and then I think the reason is that the uh, sort of uh, the, the threat actor changed a little bit. Uh, and what changed is that uh, it's from a very few companies that could tell they are targets of those nation states uh, or target for a very motivated attacker. Now everyone is a target because I don't sell data anymore <laughs> as an attacker yeah. i sell access uh and uh so i have my attacker sitting in wherever uh and then trying to monetize uh, my efforts i don't care if you're in australia or china as long as you are vulnerable and, and in fact more vulnerable than your neighbor that's uh that's what's important and uh and that i think that in this sense uh, we see ransomware, which is the latest way to monetize access, basically, uh, everywhere. Uh, and uh, in fact, it can start in a global organization at one point and spread through all its branches across the globe in an instant. So uh, uh, I don't have to target uh, uh, an Australian uh, financial institution in Australia. I can target its branch in London, um, and, and, and I'm there. So uh, I think globally, it's all the same. Uh, I don't I don't really see it's the same concerns we hear from uh, security operators. It's the same problems they face. Uh, so I would say it's uh, pretty much uh, the same. And just you know, look, we are uh, just waking up from a, a very tough uh, weekend with this new vulnerability, yeah. right? And, and, how it's going to be uh, 
uh, used by attackers. They will just scan the network uh, and try to, to to breach wherever they find this vulnerability. That's that's and they, they don't care if it's in Australia or not. It, it doesn't matter. So uh, think the world becomes global even in this in this. Uh, uh, aspect. So we see an uptick in uh, requirement for uh, uh, ways to tackle those threats. Uh, and I think the industry is today converging around zero thrust as the right approach. Um, so we have on our early days been selling micro segmentation mostly to the most regulated environments like financial institutions, healthcare where they basically had a mandate to do micro-segmentation, and sometimes soft mandate, sometimes a very strict mandate. But there was a requirement, you had to do that, so it's easier to sell to them. But today, schools, <laughs> yeah. uh, manufacturers, everyone. So, uh, and uh, I think the industry does, I strongly believe in zero trust. I think the industry does well into creating a common framework for everyone to go around it, and uh, I think, we see interest and, and budgets and, and uh, priorities uh, shaped around that. So this is, I think that that becomes a common conversation. I think everybody knows what zero trust, that not everybody knows what zero trust actually means, but a lot know uh, that it's important, something you should you know, operate uh, towards. Uh, and micro-segmentation has always been a major part of it. So uh, that's uh, that's where we have seen a significant uptick, and this is where the joining forces of Akamai became uh, uh, one plus one equals three for us. Nice. And uh, Chris, in terms of because uh, Akamai's always been known or has a strong brand in the DNS and the DNS firewall approach as well. Uh, do you find Akamai? is changing as well. You talked about the conversations that you're having with clients, but the expectations on vendors like Akamai to be able to broaden out those services, is you found that uh, locally where they don't want to add it. You know, had had Gartical come to the region and said, okay, here's a, a micro-segmentation uh, vendor, it's just easier to just bring it into Akamai and, again, it broadens out Akamai's uh, service suite. Yeah, Chris, you're so right. The, the conversations that we're having with CISOs and and even CEOs and, and boards, the conversations we're having, having with them is they're saying, Akamai, you're a strategic partner with us. Uh, you're trusted. You're a trusted brand. Uh, you've been able to demonstrate through, as you've mentioned, uh, DDoS, DNS protection, web application firewall. Uh, we've been able to provide a pet, solid pedigree in, in that area. So it's easy for us to go and have a conversation now, uh, building out the zero trust uh, uh, conversation and having a conversation about Gartacore. Because the customers we're dealing with, they're saying, I want to do more with less uh, customers. So I want to go and have those broader conversations. So to your point, it's, it's a great opportunity for us here in, the, uh, here in the region. We're seeing lots and lots of discussions at the board level uh, now and lots of the governance and compliance requirements from uh, that's being issued by by the government have just sort of coming on board and coming on stream now and and boards are asking CISOs and CEOs what's your plan around zero trust what's your what's your plan around ransomware 
and what's your solution in that area? And the conversations that we've been having around uh, uh, DDoS protection, web application firewall, it's a natural consequence to go and have those conversations about uh, ransomware and, and, and introducing Gartacore. So uh, to your point, good, good conversations. Yeah, and I noticed um, many people might have uh, recognised Akamai in terms of the brand. Got a bit of news this year yeah. uh, with an outage. It was only a short, short-term outage, but uh, again, I, I thought it, it raised definitely raised the profile. Uh, and I think it was on the back of uh, a Facebook outage as well. I think there was a couple of outages around the same time, so timing could have had a, had a bit to do it. But was there any learning yeah. outcomes from that? Oh, most definitely. And and we've been in business for, for more than 20 years, Akamai, delivering services across the board. But uh, uh, we always learn uh, from these situations. And that was an unfortunate event. Uh, we put our hand up. We, we took ownership for it, got on the front foot. We worked with customers to remediate the, uh, the, the, the issue. And uh, in particular, what we've done now is we've been working with those customers to automatically uh, reroute those those uh, those customers should there be an unfortunate incident again and touch wood that we're, we're, we're definitely not planning for one but if there was an incident uh, that the, the customers will be always looked after and the learning experience that we've had out of this with our customers has been been fantastic and even conversations with the customers are sort of saying hey look you've been delivering a consistent top quality service with us for over 20 years uh, that's been impeccable the service you provided one of these incidents is 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 bound to happen and and the thing is they liked about it we took ownership for them helped uh, route them off and then we routed them back on when the service came back up and running so uh those relationships and those conversations i think we've we've definitely uh, uh demonstrated that we uh, we supported our customers through some of those challenging times yeah it's always how you respond everyone expects nothing's perfect in the technology world yeah. uh, but it's always how you respond and then work with customers after that so i think it was a good example i thought uh, and I think the timing, it was more the timing around it. No one else would have noticed, uh, but it was on the, there was a, some other incident as well. So cyber was right up there at the time uh, as well, um, which it always happens, isn't it? Um, now, in terms of outlooks for 2022 and the future of Zero Trust, uh, it, there's two ways we could take it. One is maybe back to Ariel in terms of the technical side on future of Zero Trust, and then maybe we'll come back to you, Chris, on... Uh, how you the future of engaging with the enterprise uh, from a vendor's perspective because of the zero trust approach that's being applied so broadly now. Um, Ariel, in terms of the CTO role, is there any other kind of integrations that you're seeing? Yeah, we talked about one plus one equals three. Uh, is there any one plus one plus one equals five kind of approaches that you're bringing in? Or is this just going to be bedded down now in terms of that application of micro-segmentation uh, into Akamai and then broadening out that suite further? Is, it, is that your role now strategically uh, continuing to, to bring on new uh, solutions? I think my role now is, is, is all that you mentioned, but basically is we need to become the best by far in the market offering uh, for micro-segmentation. If you are thinking about micro-segmentation, if you think about Akamai almost instinctively, uh, as you would think about uh, specific firewall vendors, then uh, or a firewall, then we did our job well. So uh, our, our, our job is basically building the best offering package for anyone considering micro segmentation, uh, sorry, a zero trust. And then this 
this basically means yes bringing the technologies together developing each one of those better because uh we don't only have, have want to have the the overall product as the best one we want, we want to have each piece to be the best one so we don't even try to pick and choose different components uh so uh deepening our investment in each one of the products specifically this is the micro segmentation by Cardcore, but then there uh, ZPNA, Zero Trust Network Access, and and uh, uh, Enterprise Threat Protector, and and and, and WAF, and all of those uh, to uh, to be the best in their field, and then and then building a, a combining package uh, to make the offering uh, in general uh, the best. And and specifically, it will come uh, from integration perspective. We need to make it not only functionally the best, but also the easiest to deploy. Yeah. Uh, so uh, a lot of those technologies based on agents. I think it does make sense to combine them. Uh, uh, it, it is deployed on one a one one platform. It's not two separate platforms at the moment. They are integrated now, and you are accessing Akamai's platform, and you've got the Gartacore micro segmentation within that now. Is that how it's been structured? So so. Uh, now now as we speak because we were just sort of a month inside akamai so yeah. this is uh this is yeah we're definitely working on making sure that you will access it from the same uh from the same uh you know platform but uh, at this specific point it's still to the products are working on bringing them together so this is this this is one part of it the second part of it as i mentioned is the the actual sort of the sensors or control points that you deploy widely, they also will make a lot of benefit for a customer if it's, it's one tool they need to manage for all of the offerings. So we'll be working there. And then the cherry on top is uh, making the three to five, as you mentioned, is, uh, is start sharing signals between those uh, different uh, uh, products. And, and, they, and an example of this would be if an Akamai uh, threat protector tells, hey, one of your servers is accessing a malicious IP. Uh, if we can then trigger micro segmentation to quarantine the server, uh, this is a major uh, win for a customer because if it's a known bad, there is no need for it to access your uh, critical database internally. You would rather so uh, uh, that's that's uh, just one example of how the data need, uh, can start being shared. And think this is the this will be the one plus one equal three. Nice. So, um, and Chris, what's the focus for next year for you? You're still new in the role, obviously, but um, hopefully next year you can start to jump on a plane and actually go meet with customers rather that's than it. Zoom calls as well. Yeah. So I take it you've got a busy year ahead. Uh, and I suppose the other thing I wanted to get from you during this is what are those early, uh, not demands, but the conversation that you have been having out of all of these services and solutions that you do have, is there any that's standing out? Is it the zero trust approach? It's certainly been a buzzword for a little while, but uh, also micro segmentation is another one. But as we mentioned, there's, um, there's a range of other things that you're doing as well. Is there anything that stands out with the customers at the moment yeah so yeah so you, you you've hit on a couple of the major topics obviously the the 
the the impact of ransomware uh, is going to get worse before it gets better. I think I think we all we all we all we all agree on that. And you've just seen some case in points with South Australian government uh, being being one case. Uh, a number of the um, uh, companies in and around critical infrastructure, uh, utilities companies, energy companies, and and even uh, some of the uh, the mining, energy, and gas companies uh, are being targeted uh, presently. So. Uh, I think we're going to see uh, cybercrime uh, uh, hit the headlines way, way, way more. The conversations we're having with customers uh, are more impactful, more emergent. Uh, we're having uh, conversations now where we're already seeing that the, the motivation of the of the uh, of the hackers is very much financially motivated. It, it's not just your your, uh, your what I would classify as your unsophisticated or easy to protect against or your nation state. Uh, uh, um, cyber attackers, where they're pretty impossible to defend against. What you're seeing is 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 the financially motivated one, and it, to the, to be brutally honest, it's the it's the the new face of organised crime uh, in 2022, yeah. and they're going to get worse before they get better. Uh, obviously, law enforcement is accelerating what they can do and and and, and how they do it, but it's not going to be a problem to get solved overnight. Uh, so, uh, better security practices. Um, uh, Microsegmentation, it's not new, uh, but properly implemented, it can help you mitigate the impacts associated with uh, on, on, on your business. Other conversations we're having, um, hybrid workplaces um, means hybrid vulnerabilities. Uh, so um, conversations that we're having where um, employers are having to balance, if you like, the, uh, the, the, the employee satisfaction side of things and working from home, we're having to now contemplate more and more things around uh, security for working from home environments. So they're, they're conversations we're having with, with, with our customers and partners around, but APIs as well. Um, I, APIs, uh, a, a larger attack surface now being available for, 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 for criminals. Uh, if they're not already attacking them, they're thinking about attacking them, the growth in APIs. Um, it's a uh, across all aspects of the business. It provides a greater visibility into an organisation's infrastructure, and uh, we're we're having conversations around uh, around that. Uh, and as we just saw over the weekend, we're recording on a Monday today, but we had the long uh, log four J uh, exploit that went out uh, over the weekend and had uh, teams around the world uh, scrambling to get back uh, and uh, to update and patch that. So. I think that the pace of change uh, is definitely another key one when things go out to the wild. As yep. I, we mentioned with Ariel, in terms of um, it's it's a global business really uh, that we're in, and I think that's the the key aspect here that yeah. it's consistent around the world. Um, yep. Ariel, maybe from your perspective, when you see things like that sort of log four J exploit uh, go out. Um, I suppose when you look at that approach, the zero trust approach and how micro segmentation actually assists in that type of uh, architecture, if you've got that architecture rolled out, you've got micro segmentation bedded down, the the worry from a security team is a little bit less. Uh, it gets controlled in that environment. I, I, I believe so. So let's let's look at the specific vulnerability a little bit. So basically, it's a, it's a vulnerability in one of the uh, Java libraries, pretty common one, which means that someone from an outside can 
create, uh, uh, start executing code on the machine. Uh, that's a remote code execution, which is you can can go any worse, uh, frankly. Yeah. So uh, uh, so there is, uh, and those are libraries are very common in, in web facing servers, uh, and then and this is what makes it really bad. So uh, I can assume that at this point. Uh, 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 Anyone who has not patched his uh, web-facing server uh, first uh, is in major risk of being breached. So what if, if the breach does happen, so what happens is the attacker now running one of your servers inside your data center or in the cloud. And now, uh, if you're like most of the organizations, the network internally is relatively flat. So you can assume he has a very wide access to anywhere from this web server to your uh, most critical database and then uh, or, or moving laterally uh, across the environment so i think this is this is the risk of the real risk of this vulnerability and uh my, this is where micro segmentation actually comes uh, really well in place because if you make sure that web servers can only talk to the next layer of servers they should be talking which is the application servers or whatever they need to access and nothing else. This limits a lot what an attacker can do. In fact, it almost locks him down into this web yeah. server. Well, at least uh, you also know where where they are most likely to be. Um, mm -hmm. As you say, if it's a, a web server and the like, you know uh, where to go looking for them. Or it, I take it also re potentially reduces your patch your patch program in terms of rolling that out. I think web servers are just an example as, as the ones that commonly use Java infrastructure, but it actually can be anywhere. It can be in any type of, uh, of server. Yes. Some, of the, some of the databases like Elasticsearch are, are uh, using those libraries as well. So it uh, can be anywhere. I think that just the ones that are facing the web are... Yeah, that's kind of what I mean. Yeah, so anything facing the web, you know, initially yeah. you can prioritize a little bit easier. Yeah, it starts to identify what is web facing and what's vulnerable and then what to maybe patch first. The, by the way, this is a major problem for, for, for CISOs, right? They now have to, they never have been having a registry where all their Java servers are. <laughs> uh, it was never an, an interesting point for them. Now they need to, and they need to do it fast and they need to prioritize. And it can be 10,000 of them. So first, yeah. how do they understand where are those servers with Java? Now, which of them are running the vulnerable library? Which of them are uh, facing the internet or the more critical ones? So this, it's a major problem of, of visibility. And I think that, uh, by the way, almost without planning that, micro-segmentation tools have a very important and great visibility component. And the reason is there is a visibility component because when you take your data center which is flat and you want to micro segment you need to understand a lot about the data center so almost any micro segmentation product comes with a great visibility tool that helps you you know turn the lights on your data center or the cloud so uh, interestingly enough a lot of our customers have been using that component to actually understand how to prioritize paging so they would query the tool to understand where are my servers running java then which servers have this library and which servers are facing the internet to be patched first and which can be delayed a little bit because patching of this specific one is not that easy. It can mm -hmm. be 
can be not just in many cases not just the software of it in many cases you need to update, upgrade your java uh, uh, infrastructure which can be hard and painful so the prioritization and having this visibility is great and and micro segmentation just by design comes with a lot of visibility so that was interesting to see. yeah and i think uh, just in terms of um the expectations for next year we that kind of brought us on from what the outlook for 2022 was uh, and that was pretty much what the outlook is what it was just over the weekend uh so uh, if you're a, a CISO no doubt you would have heard uh of this exploit and it's uh, again uh the story is still unfolding uh all you can do is patch at this stage but I think it does highlight uh where micro segmentation does come into play uh, and that zero trust approach does help you know, in these circumstances. So it's a good one. We'll have some uh, details in the show notes in terms of Gardacore uh, and the acquisition. There's a couple of white papers there uh, that we'll share out as well uh, on Gardacore and micro segmentation. And then obviously the integration into the Akamai platform uh, is another expectation for 2022 uh, and beyond. But we've been joined by Chris Gibbs, Managing Director and Vice President for Australia and New Zealand. Uh, and Ariel Zeitlin, the Vice President and Chief Technology Officer of the Enterprise Security Group. Gents, thanks so much for joining us today uh, and enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks, Chris, and thanks Good. for your time. Good on you. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you.